Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and we're continuing our series on intentional rhythms. Today, I'm gonna be talking with my lovely wife again about the rhythm of eating and how we do that intentionally as missionaries uh, in community and with our family. So you'll wanna stick around and listen to that. Before we do, I just wanna let you know about two things happening in the Saturate universe. One is this equipping that's happening Uh, May 3rd and 4th in Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Saturate the South. Uh, It's going to be a great event. My good friends Kevin Platt, Chris Gonzalez from Missio Day Communities in Phoenix, Arizona are going to be there training and equipping people in how to see uh, disciples multiplied, leaders multiplied, MCs multiplied, and churches multiplied. Uh, They have been doing this for a long time in the Phoenix area and the East Coast. They've helped people all over the world grow in these things. They're so good. They're so talented. They're so full of love for Jesus. I would definitely make my way over to Nashville if I lived anywhere in the South. Uh, I might go anyway just because I love them and I learn something every time. It's going to be called Saturate the South, Nashville, Tennessee, May 3rd and 4th. Uh, Sign up. Find out more information on saturatetheworld.com or on Instagram, or on Twitter. The other thing I want to let you know about is our 25% off deal going on for the Gospel Basics for Kids. Awesome curriculum, rooting children in the gospel. It's full of all sorts of great resources. We just want to make it a little bit more affordable as we celebrate Easter this month. So check that out wherever you like to buy books. Uh, On our website, on Amazon, do that. And without any other things to share I want to dive into today's episode. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. So we're continuing our series on these intentional everyday rhythms. Uh, how do you live with gospel intentionality of focus in all the ordinary everyday stuff of life? And we've talked already about the rhythm of blessing. Like how do we live as a blessing? We've talked about listening. Uh, today, we want to talk about eating. My favorite, by far. <laughs> well, I just love to eat. You know, I like to eat food. But I think also it just... The dinner table, for me, is just such a sign of God's grace. You know, like every table is a sign of the the new covenant that we have, that Jesus has, through his death and resurrection, has made a way for us every time we eat the bread and the wine. Uh, I love that. But also, I just, so many fond memories as a child growing up and then into adulthood and so many wonderful meals at restaurants with good friends and with you uh and with others and then i think too about even my most exciting moments where it really felt like oh wow god's really using me for the sake of uh his kingdom i think often comes at meals as well so that's why it's my favorite that's cool yeah what does it mean to you uh this rhythm of of eating uh with intentionality i think Inviting people into your home for a meal is a pretty intimate thing. 
it allows for you to be able to welcome them um, into your own environment, but it allows people to see life as a normal thing, um, like just a normal life that you get to live because we all eat, even if we only eat once a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, based, depending on schedules and all that. But um, even if all you do is have one meal around the table um, per day, that opportunity is just this, uh, I think it's just a very intimate situation where you get to invite other people to sit at the table with you, partake a meal, to share not just um, food, but also life and what's going on mm-hmm. in each other's lives. And I know that when we have people over, that's something that, I don't know, I think it naturally happens. We just kind of get into people's lives that way, yeah. <laughs> whether they like it or not. Totally. Well, it's that slow factors there's yeah there's just something about the the intimacy of that moment i think also yeah the yeah it really is it's kind of the the front lines of mission if you will or it's also too kind of the finish line of mission at least that's how i always think about it it's like until i've had a meal with people it's probably i just have acquaintances or right people that i say hi to around town but like when someone comes to your dinner table that just changes the relationship altogether or when you go to their dinner um right as well which we've experienced many times ourselves of people inviting us over to their houses but it's also i think one of the intimacy pieces of it is we all have to eat right yeah it's like we were built with this need physiologically physiological need to like have food nourishment and it's it's kind of this uh not just front lines of mission but kind of like the front line of our our need basic need just for god and common grace that like we have food each day yeah and i think too like i was just thinking for me personally i enjoy going out with people and even having meals at restaurants and all that. But there's such um, intimacy that you can have going to someone's home or having them come to your house for a shared meal. Mm -hmm. Even as you are preparing the food or as they are preparing the food, it all becomes part of this welcoming piece Mm -hmm. where you're not trying to put a front, but you're saying, hey, I'm still finishing up the salad. I want to come over and let's talk and hang out Mm -hmm. and tell me about your day and yeah, for sure. Grab the water. Do you mind filling it up? Or, you know, I think it just makes right. an opportunity for people to also have a sense of belonging, like, mm-hmm. around the table, literally. But also, they are where they need to be. And, and whether it's your home or you are in their home, it's creating an opportunity for life to be shared. And right. so, I think that's really cool. And that's something you're really good about doing is... I think we do hospitality pretty good, pretty well. Um, we should ask people about yeah, that. Yeah, we should ask people to come over. <laughs> Just assume. But uh, something that you do really well is you try to – you don't, like, put up this huge elaborate front of welcome to Martha Stewart's dinner table. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's never been something we've done. And on the other hand, we, like, welcome people into, like, the meal as it's getting prepared, like – 
Yeah. And there's like this element of people like truly being welcomed into your life at that point. That's the hope, I think. And it's not a calculated thing, obviously. I mean, more than anything, it's a practical thing. We have three small kids that we have to feed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't really want to make elaborate meals (laughs) 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 because it just takes a lot of time. And my kitchen therapy is more baking than anything. And I don't bake for every single meal. So I think... Just having something simple. I I love how our kids are used to Taco Tuesday. That's mm-hmm. just something that they... And it was something that your uncle, actually, Grady, mentioned when he was in LA a couple of months ago that he loves tacos on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. <laughs> and so our kids just kind of started that, hey, mom, let's do Taco Tuesday. And honestly, it is so convenient. Mm -hmm. I don't mind having tacos every Tuesday because it's just so easy. And with that, too, it allows for even people to join in, I think. Like, if they want to come, we can just be like, hey, on Tuesdays, we have tacos. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we do. And then the other thing I was going to say, too, is a lot of times when we invite people over, they will say, oh, what can we bring? And I think my instinct response is just say, oh, nothing, just bring yourself, mm-hmm. which it sounds like a really good host thing to do. But I realize that allowing people to bring something makes them participate in the meal in mm-hmm. a such a tangible way. So even if it's like bring salad, can you grab a bag of chips from the store? Like whatever, I think that's yeah. really... I mean, they are part of the, of the meal, so right. it's another way to welcome them to the table, I think. Yeah. Just kind of practically, like, how did we get to that being a, a common rhythm for us? I think one of the things we did uh, in the beginning was kind of make a list of our neighbors and then just try to invite one of them over each week uh, and try to, I think we even set up a day, like, I think it was Thursdays, maybe it doesn't really matter, but, and and we just like one by one, just try to have them over for dinner. Uh, we'd make dinner, but then we'd also would pray for them before they even arrived, kind of prayed for that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really helped us kind of step into the intentionality. I think sometimes people think, oh, I just go from not sharing meals with people to, you know, kind of like what you're just describing, which is beautiful. But I think mm-hmm. there was a process there of mm-hmm. us just sort of, and a lot of people rejecting us like, no, I'm not going to come over for dinner. And mm-hmm kind of a slow, even some of our close friends in Portland, when we were learning how to do this, they're like, no, come over to our house for dinner. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've been over their house multiple times, which was then like learning how to receive that. Mm -hmm. And the the prayer piece, which we've talked about in a couple other episodes is, is really key too. Yeah. I think the planning piece is vital. Mm -hmm. Everybody's busy and yeah. It gets kind of ridiculous because we we have to plan so ahead of time. Yeah. That's our reality. I don't think it is like this everywhere, but where we say, hey, we haven't hung out with so-and-so. Let's have them over for dinner. And our schedules are busy and their schedules are busy. And six weeks later, we put a date on the calendar and we get together. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a real, I think just an intentionality in that like it really does require planning there are moments when it doesn't like you're hanging out with your friends and you're like hey let's just come over and order mm-hmm. pizza or 
grab tacos or make noodles, um, whatever right. easy grab. So there are those moments, but I think what really makes it a difference is the intentionality, the invitation, the welcoming, the right. the planning, whatever piece is it. Right. Be it time, like scheduling, mm-hmm. putting on the calendar, or saying, hey, we're all here, let's just go to so-and-so's house and continue this party. Right. And share a meal together. Right. Which then there's just the practical piece of, like you were saying, having having pasta and having noodles on hand is a yeah. pretty key thing that you can feed a huge crowd with that. Because of all the dietary restrictions we have these days, gluten-free options, it's always a good thing. That's true. <laughs> you don't just... want to be that person who... I think mostly just to have options so that if if there, that need does arise, you're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. We have gluten-free, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but it's just – it has come in handy. For totally. Us. And having uh, having that or, or beans and rice, you can feed so many people with both of those dishes and beans it and doesn't cost you a fortune. And But there's, there's something to the spontaneous and also the – the intentional. And I think one of the things that has to be decided and even something we had to make an intentional decision on is we have, there's 21 meals a day or a week that we, that we have, we're going to share some of them. You know, we're, we're going to share some with the community of saints and we're going to share some of those meals with people who don't believe. And really, I think we, I've kind of grown to see it as that full, like 21 meals. Uh, you have breakfast with people semi-regularly. So do I, we have dinners all together. We go out to eat. Like there's a full, full range of sharing the table. Yeah. I think some people do really well in big group settings. And so when you go out for a meal with the friends, you know, it's great. But then I think for you to connect with other people, you might need to invite them over and have that intentionality of, hey, Thursday night we have friends over for dinner and those are specific people that we are pursuing intentionally. And yeah, I have found that even people who do not believe but come to our house for dinner and we pray for the food and all of that, like, I mean, there's nothing earth shattering about praying for the meal. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like people see that and they think, oh, my goodness, they're super holy, whatever. Like, I don't, I, you know, it's not mm-hmm. this revolutionized thing. It's just sharing a meal and asking for, I guess, blessing. Um, yeah. But it does create this. It's another thing that I think creates this intimate moment where you're sharing something somewhat yeah. um, weirdly sacred. <laughs> and, like, even if people don't believe in God, to hear you pray yeah. Thanksgiving to God for their presence at the table, like, yeah. and for the, the, the conversations that we will have and all of that. That's yeah. so big. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing, cause now we're talking about like getting to the table, you know, like praying before the meal, yeah. but also the, the quality of that time at the, mm-hmm. not just the food, mm-hmm. honestly, the food can become irrelevant and, the the real like essence of the meal is is what we do at the table how we listen mm-hmm. how we uh pursue uh the heart um which is what we talked about in the last episode mm-hmm. but 
you know, if you're wondering out there, how do I, how do I actually have the, the space and the time to listen to others? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of through the meal when that really mm-hmm. begins to take shape. With that, I'm specifically thinking of people that have kids. I know our kids get super excited when we have people over for dinner and mm-hmm. they each want to have their moment of spotlight. And mm-hmm. my, my reaction is to try to contain them because mm-hmm. You know, we want to have we we want to have some sort of conversations or whatnot. But I think with that, trying to and that's just something that I need to grow in. But try to welcome their questions and whatever the table manners are in your house. I think <laughs> those you know, like implementing those when people are coming up, come over it definitely like a a great thing Mm -hmm. but also allowing the kids to be kids and participate in the meal Mm -hmm. so that they know that they're also welcomed and we've done both where we invite people over after our kids go to bed and so it's a much more focused time and we also have done where we have people over during our normal meal time and the kids participate and then we put them to bed and then we get to have conversations after that so we've done both and I think they're both great. I think in one, the kids, you know, get to experience the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one, they get to experience a meal with us, which they also enjoy. It's, and we enjoy that too. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, allowing for, for their presence to be part of the meal as well. And in that also guide them to not just share about themselves. Right. But to also ask the people that are at the table ask them questions and ask mm-hmm. them about their day and all of those things. And I think that's part of also teaching them to love others yeah. besides themselves. Definitely. Uh, we've been talking a lot in the realm of the the mission component of it, of the table, but I think also just in the, in the, the personal level too, like the individual family, even the individual or the individual couple and how, how do you embrace each of those meals as like this, this common grace where you get to like when we share meals mm-hmm. and how that can be special uh, and intimate and intentional, not just how do we feed everyone in the family, mm-hmm. but how do we, you know, grow together or mm-hmm. learn about God? How do we learn about each other's day? How do we, you know, laugh and have a good time? we kind of plow through meals if we're not thinking about it. Totally. And I think, I mean, I plow through some meals because some (laughs) days I'm just like, I just want y'all to go to bed because I'm tired, but I I tend to do that too. Yeah. But, um, I think taking time around the table to listen and to speak love and kindness and grace. And I I know it's not always going to be like this. Our kids are going to grow up and, I don't know, just be much more like fighting for their turn to share a story or whatnot, but to be able to intentionally pursue them with that and pursue the people that we have in our house. Mm-hmm. It takes, it does take thoughtfulness and, yeah. and time and all of those things. Definitely. And I would say too, you were mentioning when we started and I was trying to think like when we started what? And I, I realized we were talking about when we were living in Portland. I think it's easy to say, oh, I don't have space to have people mm-hmm. over. I don't, my house is too little, too small. We don't, we don't really have space. 
I would say that's not true. Maybe, you know, you can't or you don't feel comfortable inviting a family of six to your house because you feel like your house is too small. Mm -hmm. Um, And you might not be able to give them, you know, all the the things you want to give during a meal. And I would say if that's the case, then maybe offer to make a meal and take it to their house Mm -hmm. and ask them, hey, can our family of four or five come? You know, I think there are so many different ways we can make mealtime intentional and thoughtful. I would say, too, you can always have at least one person into your house. You can always have, um, even if maybe you don't want to have someone for dinner, but you can always have someone over for tea or coffee or Mm-hmm. cookies or snacks or whatever Absolutely. <laughs> or just just say hey i made some cookies you want some and they come over for 10 minutes and you give them cookies and then they leave and that was 10 minutes of intentional mm-hmm. meal time so i think there are different ways you we can be creative we've lived in two different homes and an apartment and now a new, different home and and we have had to adjust all of that because yeah. our homes were very different size and shape and so um we have had to you know maybe instead of having a family of six over we have had to take a meal to a family of six right or we have had to put our kids to bed and then invite the family of six over Mm -hmm. like we have and and it's not we're not better than anybody else i'm just saying these are the tricks i guess that we (laughs) have Because what really matters is to be able to spend time with people. And if they're going to put time aside to, to eat, then we can take that time that they're putting aside and mm-hmm. share a meal with them and share life and all of that good stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that that is, a, is a, such an important point to make because there's so much area for creativity. And you even see that in the life of Jesus. Yeah. He's, it's funny. Um, FF Bruce, he's commentator. He's like a Luke expert, but he says in Luke's gospel, Jesus is either going to, or coming from a meal. Like the whole story takes place of him going to a meal and coming from a meal. Even he eats Passover meal with his disciples, you know, institutes, the Lord's Supper, and then even from that moment on, he's kind of going walking towards a meal where after the resurrection, he's eating a meal with them on the beach. He's eating a meal with people on the road to Emmaus. Uh, that's like the, the the whole story is just that. And, and one of the things about Jesus' life is he's eating at other people's homes. He's eating on the road. He's doing miracles <laughs> for food. Uh, all of that uh, is such a is in play for Jesus. And he even invites himself to other people's houses, which is pretty great. He's reclining at the table. It also reminds me of Tim Chester has a book called A Meal with Jesus, where he just tracks all of the different meals that Jesus has in the gospel of Luke, actually. Uh, And it's so powerful uh, for us personally, like how do we come to meals intentionally focusing on Jesus? How do we welcome others into it? So that's, that's a key resource. I definitely Mm -hmm. invite people to look for it's Tim Chester, a meal with Jesus. I think it's super cheap now on Kindle probably because it's old (laughs) and that's what happens to books. Uh, We move on to the next thing. One other resource just to point people to is, uh, at Saturate, we have 
uh, a missional community meal planning guide. Uh, sometimes having a meal with the whole community is really important. Uh, it's a it's a real great distinction. It kind of creates that that family environment and that space. But having a meal for twenty people is really daunting. And how do you organize that? How do you come up with new ideas and yada yada yada? There's a resource called a, a missional community meal planning guide. Look that up. It's really great. It has a whole list of different recipes or meal ideas and even list of what people need to bring. So you can send that out. Easy. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Oh uh, that's yeah. And so that's the, that's the rhythm of eat. Thanks for joining us again, sharing your story, sharing your life. Jesus, help